You are now listening to the Cruise Control Podcast here on SoundCloud and iTunes. I am your host, Randy Cruz. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. And joining us today on the Cruise Control Podcast is Mr. John Corrales of RedsArmy.com. He's on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John and the host of the Locked On Celtics Podcast on iTunes. John, what's up, my man? How you doing? I'm doing okay, man. How are you? You know what? To be honest with you, man, you should be feeling good because you're a big-time Celtic fan. I'm here in New York as a Knicks fan. You guys are getting everybody everybody that we want. We can't get anybody. We're trading we're trading our best player to to Oklahoma City while you get Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward just served up to you on, on a freaking silver platter, buddy. <laughs> yeah, things are doing uh pretty well in Boston right now. Yeah, I I bet they are sorry for your Knicks, but uh, I'm not. Yeah, I, I bet they, I bet things are going really well up there in Boston. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, life life is good. Uh, we're joined by John Corrales. He's on Twitter at Reds Army underscore John, the host of the Locked On Celtics podcast, which you can find on, on iTunes. Um, John, you guys made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. You get the first overall pick in the NBA draft. You get Kyrie Irving. You get Gordon Hayward. Did you expect any of this to happen? Well, the first pick was a nice surprise, which, of course, they flipped. Mm-hmm. But that was a nice surprise. Hayward, we had been talking about Hayward in Boston forever. Like, all of last year, for some reason, we just all had settled on Hayward in Boston. And it just became this kind of, it was already, it was already done in so many people's minds that when it happened, it was like, ah, yes, we knew it. Kyrie came out of nowhere. And... The whole Kyrie trade was, I mean, first of all, when it started, the, the, when the rumors started, everybody was very confused. Yeah. Like, why? Why? Uh, just like you were, just like most people were. And then when the rumors started happening with him in Boston, I was like, that doesn't make much sense because we've got Isaiah Thomas, and they're basically the same player. But I guess, well, there's a couple of things in play when Isaiah's hip isn't good enough for him to come back until January. Mm. And Danny Ainge said, well, Kyrie is 25, and we'll give up a little something extra to take a chance on a 25-year-old who right now might be playing at the same level as Isaiah Thomas. But in the future, he has all of this unlocked ability that Brad Stevens and his new teammates and not having to fit into a LeBron-centered offense, that he could really find another level. And I know that a lot of people see him as a superstar, but he hasn't really put up superstar numbers yet. Uh, I think now in Boston he has that opportunity. Things will open up for him a lot. So looking at all of that, you know, the potential of Kyrie Irving to grow and hit his prime, he's only really just hitting his prime, and find another level of play, is, is kind of exciting for, for us in Boston. Now, like you mentioned, uh, you know, when, when, when Kyrie said he wanted to be traded, um, the Boston Celtics were not a team that I think he would go to because, one, they were in the same conference as Cleveland. They just met in the conference finals last year. I don't know why Cleveland would trade him to a, a, a competitor like that. Um, 
Me here in New York probably had like a one percent chance of Kyrie in the uh, with, with New York, and the only shot we had was, was trading Carmelo Anthony, but he did not want to go to Cleveland at that time. Um, him in Boston, Cleveland, and what they're trying to do—the window may, may be closing. Are you are you surprised that Kyrie got traded in the first place, or the fact that he got traded to basically, you know, one of the top two teams in, in the Eastern Conference? I mean, I'm surprised that they traded him at all in the the beginning here because they didn't have to. I know that he came to to them and said, we we want to trade, you know, we we want to get out of here. And they didn't have to do it. He's still under contract. They could have brought him back and said, look, we've gotten to the finals with you before. Let's work this out. Let's figure something out. But they didn't. They just decided that Boston giving up that Brooklyn Nets pick that they weren't going to get a deal like that anywhere else. And, and really, in hearing all of the reporting, that's the thing that, that made this trade happen. It was centered around that pick. It wasn't even centered around Isaiah Thomas. It wasn't centered around Jay Crowder. It was they got a pick that they can now either make, that it should be a pretty good pick, or, or they can flip it, attach that pick to a player, and get some other help in for – for the, the future. I mean, the, the, the biggest surprise is that these two teams traded with each other. And for me, my biggest question is, why did Boston potentially make the one team that they need to get past better? Uh, and if Isaiah Thomas is healthy, he can give them exactly what Kyrie gave them. They got help for LeBron James by getting Jay Crowder, a type of player that they haven't had in forever a guy that can help LeBron and just, just by letting LeBron get some extra minutes on the bench. And then to give him a pick, like I said, that they could either use or flip, that's, that's a big question mark for me, is if all of that stuff works out in Cleveland's favor and if LeBron decides to stay because we've all heard that he's going to leave, you know, I, I'm not surprised that Cleveland made that trade. Part of me was a little bit surprised that Boston made that trade because if Cleveland gets, stays as good or is better, then that makes Boston's road to the finals even harder. So it, I'm going to be kind of curious to see, as much as I'm curious to see how Kyrie Irving works out, I'm as curious to see what happens in Cleveland and if that trade makes things harder for Boston. Yeah, like you mentioned, the fact that there's no guarantee LeBron's going to stay. Uh, I heard he might leave, and I, I even heard he, that he might go. he might go to Boston. <laughs> hey, everybody else is doing it, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Wouldn't that be something? Oh god. Oh man. Um, you did mention the 2018 pick, which you know, everybody likes to make fun of Danny Ainge. He likes to hold on to 40 draft picks, and you know, we knew Isaiah was going to be in a deal, Jay Crowder. But again, were you surprised? Just the fact that just the fact that Danny Ainge kept holding on to that Brooklyn pick. Did, did you feel like? it was necessary for him to, to throw that pick in there. Well, I, I guess that's the only way that that thing was going to get done. You know, if, if Danny Ainge, I mean, he really wanted Kyrie Irving. So they have a very high opinion of what he can become. And he's already been a really good player. Like, he's, he's a star player. And I know because of his, his endorsements, he gets elevated a little bit in people's eyes, and they see him as a superstar player. But, again, he hasn't put up superstar-type numbers. He's put up star-type numbers. What the Celtics see is the potential for 
a superstar type player right. in him. So they know that he has things that he hasn't been able to do in Cleveland. And you hear Kyrie talk so far over the past couple of weeks, he wants to be a different type of player. And you start to get the feeling that he in Cleveland was limited by the way this, the team was coached, the, the way the team was built, and how you had to play around LeBron James. Which, of course, it's LeBron. You've got to adjust your game to play with LeBron. You know, he's the best. So the Celtics feel like there's a whole other side of Kyrie that we haven't seen. And that was worth whatever you were going to get with that Brooklyn pick. And so they, if, if that was the, the point, then that's, that was the, the impetus for Danny Ainge to make that trade. And look, you mentioned how, how many people joked about Ainge holding on to his assets. Mm. I, don't, I, I know because Boston was involved in every damn trade rumor out there, yeah. and it seemed like that. But we've seen that, and, and all along I was telling people, like, relax. Like, he'll, make the, he'll pull the trigger when the deal is right. When he sees a deal that he was, he's ready to make, he'll, he'll do what he needs to do. Like, people forget a couple of years ago, he was going all in on draft night for, um, uh, what's his name in Miami, uh, Justice Winslow. Okay. He was going all in to try and get Justice Winslow. And he had, those Brooklyn picks were going to be included in that deal. So, and he turned around on draft night, this draft night, and went to the number one pick, traded down out of the top spot when everybody was like, yeah, Markel Fultz, book it. So, we know that Danny Ainge, I've seen Danny Ainge make a million trades in the past. So, that was that was kind of like a, an unwarranted kind of criticism on him because everybody was like, well, you know, you got to trade whatever you got to get to get Jimmy Butler. You got to pull the trigger on Paul George or whatever. It, the timing just wasn't right, and the other team just didn't want to wait. And now when Cleveland came around and said, hey, Kyrie Irving's available, Danny Ainge clearly was willing to make the deal, and he's always been willing to make the deal if the timing was right, and finally the timing worked out for him. Now, was that at, at any point to you, be honest, where just a little bit of, of being nervous where the fact that Cleveland knew of Isaiah Thomas's injury, they were like, okay, great, we'll take him, but we kind of know he won't play until like January, December. Uh, can you kind of throw in something else in there to kind of sweeten yeah. the deal? And I heard Jalen Brown, some other people they wanted. And was there any point where when, when the deal was on hold that you felt like, man, this deal may not get done? It, was, it wasn't until like the last day or two when it just kept dragging out. At the beginning, I was like, it's, forget it. It's too late. you got to make the deal. Like, yeah. You can't pull out now because you've already seen, you, you know what's going on. You can't say, ah, we're getting cold feet. Like, you, that would just that would ruin their, their bargaining power in every future trade. So I just I didn't think anything was going to happen at the beginning, but the last couple of days, like, man, still – Still not done? And and when they threw in, after all of that, when they threw in like a 2020 second round pick, mm. like you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> that was the biggest debacle. We waited a week for this to become official yeah. over a 2020 second round pick. 
get out of here, man. Like that's just stupid. Yeah. So, but but the last but the last day or two, I was really like, oh my god, they're still they're still not getting this thing done. Like I, I thought for a second, like oh man, we might be in trouble here. Hey, John. T- in today's NBA, those twenty twenty picks become very crucial. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, to be honest with you, man, you guys had me a little nervous. On draft night, because you know the guy who we had running in charge for our team, Phil Jackson, was throwing out uh, Porzingis' name out there. Whether it was really throwing out there or testing the waters, I read that he was talking to who else? The Boston Celtics about Kristaps yeah. Porzingis, and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! Like, all right, now, now this is before Golden Hayward. This is before uh, Kyrie Irving. I'm like, listen. I, I'm not saying Porzingis is, is is the God Almighty, but if you get a, a good deal from Boston or whoever, I might consider it. But you guys did have me nervous on, on draft night, thinking Porzingis might end up being freaking green and white. Um, you know, I I heard all of those reports. I never believed a single one of them because mm-hmm. I know I know Phil Jackson's mo. He didn't like how Porzingis left and didn't talk to anybody. Just skipped out on his exit interview. So I, I honestly think that he was kind of tweaking Porzingis by throwing his name out there. I think yeah. Bill Jackson leaked through his little channels a little kind of, we're open to it, but the, the trade that he wanted, it, it's like he said, we're going to mess with this kid's head and, and tell him, show him who's in charge. And if by some chance a team is interested, well, we'll just ask for the world and ask for it. Like they want a superstar type return for him, which look, he's a, he's a young stud who could turn into a superstar player, but by all accounts, everything that Phil Jackson was actually asking for in any sort of trade for Przingis was like you were trading for Carl Anthony towns or, you know, Anthony Davis. So I, I mean, I love the unicorn myself, He's fun to watch, but he's not that level yet. So uh, I never, I never honestly thought that he was going to move. And luckily for you guys, Phil Jackson got canned. So you know, step in the right direction. Yeah, after draft night, which makes no sense. That no, nothing really that the Knicks <laughs> do makes sense. Um, I, I need you to tell me the pros and cons of the people you added and the people that that uh, got traded or got released because yeah you do get Kyrie and Gordon Hayward but you do lose like you mentioned Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Kelly Olynyk, Avery Bradley, correct me if I, if I'm missing anybody. So tell me the pros and cons of yep. the people you added and the people you lost. Well, I'll start with the cons. Losing Avery Bradley hurts. He's one of the best perimeter one-on-one defenders in the league. That hurts. Um and you know, he hit a ton of clutch shots for the Celtics. Um so it, it's going to be tough for the Celtics to kind of replace what he did. Not necessarily his production, because they'll get 15 points a game from somebody. But what he did for the team, the way he played, the way he carried himself, uh, he was a great kid. Like, he just was, I can't say enough good things about Avery Bradley. He's a really he's a good, good player. Right. Um, and he's a good, good locker room guy. And, you know, he's just, He's just a good guy. And, like, every team should have an Avery Bradley on it. So that's going to be tough to replace overall, and especially on the defensive side. 
like the, the, the tone of my cons is going to be defense because they lost Jay Crowder, a wing defender mm-hmm. who, you know, 3 and D type of guy who could spend time guarding LeBron, who could spend time guarding Kevin Durant. That's the type of player that Cleveland needed. They go If they go to the finals, now you stick Crowder on Durant, that's going to hurt Kevin Durant. It's going to, you know, that's another guy that can at least slow him down. So losing that wing defense, that defense out on the perimeter, hurts the Celtics a lot in, in Bradley and Crowder. And again, two guys that can hit threes, and another guy who hit threes off the bench, Kelly Olynyk. Big stretch four, stretch five. Who I know there are a lot of people in Boston who didn't really have a high opinion of Kelly Olynyk. He's kind of polarizing. I did have a very high opinion of the kid. He's he shoots like forty percent from three. Uh, he he can when he's fully healthy. He can do some things offensively that are are special. And you saw it in the playoffs against the Wizards. Yeah, he yeah. took over. He took over for a stretch. That's not a surprise. Like he's not going to do that all the time. But it's not surprising. I've seen him heat up and just start banging threes like crazy. And all of a sudden, you know, he has that ability to get hot. So that hurts a lot, too. So, And that's a key player off the bench. The Celtics needed or still don't have that kind of guy off the bench that can kind of slide in when guys get cold or maybe you can start them in, in certain situations. They, they don't have a guy that, that has that potential to heat up. Uh, but on the plus side, oh, I will, let me let me back up. The biggest con of all is losing Isaiah Thomas, who really embraced Boston like no player I've ever seen, like nothing I've ever seen before. Right. Kevin Garnett came in and was all about the culture and the banners and all of this stuff. But Isaiah was a little bit different. He just, he just loved being in the city. He was, he loved being a Celtic more than the fans loved the Celtics. Like it was, it's crazy to say, but he really was all about being on this team. He loved this team. He loved the city. He just loves it here. So losing him, training him was kind of mean, actually kind of cruel because he was, he recruited Gordon Hayward. He recruited Al Horford. He's a big reason why those two guys even came to Boston. So to suddenly move him and just take that all away from him, that that really, that's tough. Uh, and and I, I try not to get attached to players anymore, but Isaiah, with all of his fourth quarter heroics, with you know him playing right after his sister, his younger sister was killed in a car crash to do all that stuff. Uh, just to see him get traded was just, that was tough. That was tough. Uh, but now on the plus side, we've got Gordon Hayward. We've got Kyrie Irving. Uh, like I said before, Kyrie Irving is a guy that we can kind of hopefully unlock a certain element of his offense. I think playing next to Al Horford, as opposed to playing next to Tristan Thompson, would be a huge, huge thing for him. Because playing next to, next to Tristan Thompson, he ran a ton of pick and rolls with him. And Thompson just, all he can do is just dive to the basket. Right. You know how to defend that. You know, Thompson doesn't shoot outside of five feet. So when you're playing pick and roll with him, and it's going to be, uh, you know that the big is just going to roll to the basket 
well, then you can defend it a certain way with all these sirens. <laughs> See, all good, you know all you good. You want to pick it up? No, yeah, keep going. You can defend the pick and roll knowing when the the big is just going to roll. You can defend it a certain way where when Kyrie comes off of that pick, mm-hmm. you can help and the and the, the Kyrie's defender can just go over the top all the time. You're never going to go under that pick. So, you you can defend it a certain way, and then what ends up happening is Kyrie just takes a bunch of mid-range jumpers. Now, without Horford and that threat of popping, if you defend that pick and roll the same way, then he just kicks it out to Al Horford, and he's taking threes, and he can hit threes at a pretty good clip. So you're really taking a chance. And when the defense doesn't know how to defend the pick and roll, then you can do anything. Then things open up. Lanes open up because you have to say, well, am I going to hedge out? Am I going to am I going to stick without Horford? What am I going to do? Who's selling out where? How do we do this? Do I go over the top? Do I go under? Do we switch? What's going on here? And when the, def- the defenders don't know exactly how to handle it, then Kyrie can get to the rim. He can find guys on the corner. His assists will go up. His free throw attempts will go up. You know, I, I just see I just see him unlocking a lot of things that didn't exist in Cleveland. Uh, in Boston. And then Gordon Hayward, he can do anything. I mean, that guy is, people sleep on Gordon Hayward. I, I really do think yeah, casual fans sleep on Gordon Hayward because he's in Utah and, you know, they don't, there's not a lot of Utah jazz games out there. Uh-huh. He is one of, he, he's one of the best players in the NBA. Like people are going to see Gordon Hayward in Boston a lot. They're going to see Boston a lot on TV and Hayward can ball. I mean, he does everything. He can shoot. He can drive. He'll be dunking on people. People people don't realize that he can get up and he can dunk on you. He can finish at the rim. He can pass. He has an all-around game. So, I mean, when Hayward left the West, after, you know, Jimmy Butler went to the West, after Paul George went to the West, he's going to come to the East. He's going to be like a starting forward in the East at the All-Star game for the next five years, you know, for the entire life of his contract, like the whole thing, if he re-signs with Boston, he can be a perennial all-star. You'll see him starting all-star games five, six, seven years in a row. He's that good. So the, the Celtics lost a lot of really good players, but they got back two guys who can be like superstar type players. And like even with Gordon Hayward, uh, John, the fact that there was a little fiasco in uh, in in, uh, in July, oh, where yeah, because yeah. <laughs> listen, man, I, I'm I'm somewhere with my family on vacation, and Twitter was blowing up. Gordon Hayward to make his announcement today, and we're all waiting. I'm refreshing my phone on Twitter, and it, you know it comes out saying Boston. I'm like, all right, cool. So, you know, we, we all kind of expected that. But then there was a thing where he didn't want the, 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 the info to be leaked out so early. He's probably having second thoughts. I'm like, here we go again. Um, but, I mean, I'm glad he is with Boston. He, he goes with, with Brad Stevens, some guy, uh, a guy that he played with in college or uh, played for um, in college. So, so, so they already had that rapport uh, with each other. So I think he's a perfect fit for Boston. If he has stayed with Utah – 
hey, you know, it, it you know, it is what it is. But that Western Conference was getting loaded and loaded day in day out. That we needed more people to come to the Eastern Conference. So I think I think he'll be a perfect fit. Does Brad Stevens? have to make any crazy amount of adjustments to Gordon, to Kyrie, and, and, and how long do you think that everybody, uh, everybody can get acclimated with each other? Well, the, the one thing that Brad Stevens is really good at is getting guys to do what they do best. That's, that's his MO. Like he, whatever it is that you do very well, he wants you to do that. That's why he's gotten the most out of guys like Evan Turner and Jamal, I mean, uh, Jordan Crawford. Those guys... Are, are like the shining examples of Brad Stevens being, you know, able to get the most out of players. So he'll let those guys kind of do what they do. And I, I think the only adjustment, well, the first adjustment he's going to make, and we've heard him in Boston say this, they're going to pick up the pace. They're going to they're play at a much faster tempo right. because they have guys that can get out. Like whoever grabs a rebound for the Celtics can can go, and unless unless it's like Aaron Baines, like that's that's basically it. If if Al Horford grabs a rebound, he can turn around and bring the ball. Like he can lead a break. He's done it. If Gordon Hayward gets the gets the ball, he can go. Same with Kyrie, obviously. So those guys can all contribute on on the fast break by just taking it and going and just playing with that faster pace gets a lot more people involved and gets that offense, gets easy offense going. And then the rest, those guys can figure out because they're really good players. So playing off of Al Horford is going to be easy because he makes the right reads. Playing with uh, Gordon Hayward is easy because he's a good passer. I mean, he's an unselfish guy. He doesn't need the ball in his hand all the time. Mm-hmm. So they've got, they've got a couple of guys there playing with Kyrie who does dominate the ball a little bit, but he can thrive in that situation because the other two guys aren't like, no, my turn, my turn. It's not going to be like, okay, you do your thing, I do my thing, he does his thing, and then we take turns doing our thing, and that's our offense. They can actually play with one another and and really work well. And I think basically Stevens is just going to say, you guys go out and play, do what you do well, and then we'll, we'll tweak it. We'll tweak around the edges and say, all right, when you do this, maybe you should think about these options. Or Gordon, when, when Kyrie does this, you should maybe think about being here or there. That's basically going to be how, how this offense works. <laughs> Excuse me. It's not going to be putting in a ton of plays that, that specifically highlight certain guys. I think they're going to keep doing what they're doing. A lot of pick and roll, a lot of dribble handoff, a lot of motion, cutting, setting picks, multiple picks. Like All of that stuff is just going to work. And it's going to be a read-and-react type of offense. And those guys are all very smart players, so they'll be able to read and react and kind of figure it out on their own. I want to ask you, what's your thoughts on your main competitor in the Eastern Conference? The Cleveland Cavaliers, they added Dwayne Wade, Derrick Rose, Jeff Green, Calderon, Jay Crowder, Isaiah Thomas. And people thought that, oh, yeah, you know, they got rid of Kyrie and didn't probably get the – the adequate amount of help back, they got like seven guys for him. And now people thought that since Kyrie leaving uh, LeBron, that the Cavaliers might, you know, the the championship window might be closing, but now they added some more firepower while you guys are still on the, on the up and coming. What does Boston have to do to dethrone the Cleveland Cavaliers? 
Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Like I really do honestly think that they Cleveland are, are going to be tough to beat this year. Like Isaiah's coming back in January. So he'll have a little bit of time to kind of get going. And then when February, March comes around, it doesn't matter where Cleveland is, you know, in the standings. They could be second, they could be third, hell, they could be the eighth seed. It doesn't matter. Like they're once they're at full strength, they're gonna be just as tough to beat as they were last year. LeBron mm-hmm. is still LeBron. You know, uh, they're going to have the same type of matchup issues that they've had in the past. And I'm not I'm not too worried about Dwayne Wade or or Derrick Rose, like I don't. First of all, I don't think those guys are going to be healthy for the full year. I don't think they're going to make much of an impact. But you know, Derrick Rose, I guess can can find little flashes here and there and, and do some things. But uh, the, the biggest issue is LeBron and Isaiah Thomas is going to give them basically what Kyrie gave them last year. He can still do all that stuff. And I know there's there's issues with his defense, but there were issues with Kyrie's defense and. You know, you're not. He's he's a small guy, but he plays big, and he'll uh, he'll win a few games for the Cavs. And so, playing with LeBron will give uh, Isaiah a different kind of feel. He'll he'll do different things, but he can still get to the rim. He'll still be able to do all of those Isaiah things once he's healthy. So, I'm. I don't know. I don't know if the Celtics are going to be able to get past Cleveland. I really don't. Like that's we'll have to see how the season plays out. But I still think Cleveland's the clear number one. And like like I said, LeBron's still LeBron, and they still have a lot of those pieces. They still have Kevin Love, and Isaiah's going to slide into that Kyrie role. So they they still have a, a lot of firepower over there. And uh, so uh, I don't think the Celtics did a ton to get past the uh, the Cavaliers this year. I'm more focused on, I think, next year and the year after. I think there's more of a long-term plan here for the Celtics. This year, like, whatever happens, if, they, if somebody gets hurt, they can take advantage of that and get to the finals. But all things being equal, everybody's healthy. I think it's Cleveland. I think Boston is in that in that next tier. And, you know, you can make an argument like Washington is in there with them. Uh, maybe Toronto, and we'll see what Milwaukee does uh, with with Giannis. We'll see what kind of step he takes. But uh, I think the Celtics are are clearly in the tier below, and unless unless Kyrie and Gordon Hayward take huge huge leaps forward and show that they really are superstars and and become like a monstrous duo. So two more for you, John. Before I let you go. In your honest opinion, you know a lot of Boston fans are going to be, you know, going to be thinking NBA Finals, going to be thinking Eastern Conference Finals, knowing that Cleveland would be right, right in, in in front of them. What are the realistic expectations for this team? Like, it, and then what's the what'll make you say, you know what, this was really not 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 a good year for us? Well, I think I think we can expect. I think we can expect a lot of what we saw last year from the team. Really, they they probably should get to the the conference finals. They could have like a hard fought, uh, you know, second round series like they did last year with the with the Wizards, um, and that that could be a situation where they they might lose in the in the second round. Uh, it really kind of depends on how other teams 
develop? You know, does Washington continue to take steps forward? Does, you know, Beal, does Otto Porter become, like, just continue taking steps forward? Like, if, the, if those guys become even better players, then they, they'll challenge the Celtics for sure. You know, Washington can easily be, uh, you know, in, in that second-round series again. Could be Celtics-Wizards all over again with another hard-fought seven-game series. And that that wouldn't surprise me. And it, when you go seven games, you, you could lose, obviously. So uh, that wouldn't be a huge shock. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be so disappointed if that was the case. Because, like I said, I think this team still needs help off of the bench. And so I think that they're, they're hoping to get another year under Jalen Brown and under Jason Tatum. And hopefully next year, those two guys can be, be real big contributors. You know, I don't know how much Tatum's going to be a contributor to this contributor this year because he's a rookie and, and we just have no idea. He, I, I like Tatum. I think he's going to be a pretty good player. The guys on the team are gushing about him, but we'll see because he's a rookie. We, we just don't know. Uh, but we do know that after a year under your belt, you come back in that second season, you have a different outlook, you have a different perspective. Uh, so that will be very helpful. So next year's Celtics team, with these, just by taking steps forward and developing, will be better than this year's Celtics team. So if the Celtics basically duplicate last year's season, and I, wouldn't, I, I would say it's, it's a pretty good season. If the Celtics, for some reason, if it doesn't come together, and they fall in the first round or for some reason don't make the playoff. I mean, they, they really have to fall apart for this to be a disappointing season. You know, they something doesn't have to if, – if Kyrie Irving just doesn't figure it out for some reason in Boston and just becomes super selfish and super ball dominant and just dribbles the ball into, into the ground for 20 seconds and never passes, then, then we've got a problem. You know, if Gordon Hayward doesn't take steps forward, then we've got a problem. But uh, I, I doubt, I really doubt any of that stuff's going to happen. So my, my expectation is that the Celtics get to the conference finals or at least give themselves a chance to get to the conference finals. Hey, honestly, I think if you guys are, you know, in the first round, second round, I think, I think you guys might lose if you played New York. <laughs> <laughs> you guys going to start five centers against us? Bro, we have like nine centers. <laughs> we got a rookie point guard. point guard. Rookie point guard, nine centers, uh, a unicorn. You know, we're, we got Michael Beasley. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're good, man. <laughs> hey, Michael Beasley is just Carmelo Anthony on the other side of the exactly. board. Exactly. So we're, we're good, man. <laughs> um, last one, uh, you know, you mentioned Danny Ainge was trying to get um, – Anywhere from the range of Gordon Hayward, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, even Kevin Love, even KP, Melo. Um, out of all those guys, you do end up with Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. Are you satisfied with the guys that he got? Or could you have wanted or would you have wanted a Jimmy Butler? Would you have wanted a, a Paul George or somebody else because of how they would fit in the offense? Well, I mean, I think that they could have gotten Paul George without giving up Isaiah Thomas. Uh, obviously, look at what they got. So, um, I, I think, like I, I, like I said before, I, I really like Isaiah Thomas, and I know that he's hurt, and he's older, and he's in a contract year, and all this stuff. Like, I get it. I get why Danny Ainge made the deal. But if they could have gotten Paul George and had Paul George, Gordon Hayward, and Isaiah Thomas, 
then that's one extra player that you could have had. Like they, I think they could have they could have gotten him for everything else that was not Isaiah. So that's the only thing I, I would have. I, I wish Indiana was a little bit more patient, but you know, Indiana's they had different ideas. They they wanted to maybe they just wanted him out of the conference or whatever. They didn't want to fortify. Uh, a competitor. They didn't want to see Paul George come into Indiana in a Boston uniform four times or whatever. So whatever, that's that's fine. Um, but all things considered, this is this is a pretty good team, you know. And if Kyrie and Gordon Hayward can take the steps forward that we think that they can take, then they've gotten a couple of really really good players. And people forget about Al Horford a lot because he just doesn't do anything flashy. He's the guy that holds this whole thing together. Al Horford unlocks a lot for a lot of people. So those two guys playing with Al Horford can really do a lot of good things. So I'm, I, can't, I can't really complain about the Celtics offseason. You know, I, like I said, I'm a little bit, it's a little bad that <laughs> what they did to uh, Isaiah, like I don't like that, but, you know, to, to get – this is the business, you know, like this is the business. You got to, you got to make some unpopular moves if you think it makes the team better. So getting Kyrie obviously is, is pretty good. And obviously Gordon Hayward, like I said, is, is going to be really, really good. So I'm, I'm satisfied. Yeah. I think this team's going to do pretty well moving forward. And Oh, by the way, they still could get another pick in the top five, depending on what the Lakers do. Oh, God. So, you know, there, there's still one extra element here with that the Celtics still have the possibility of getting a two through five pick in the in the upcoming draft which is supposed to be loaded so they could potentially add another really good young player to this mix hey is uh is Gordon Hayward's hair going to move at all this year <laughs> I've actually seen it move it does really? it actually moves really yeah yeah only in practices though it seems like <laughs> he, he must, he, I don't know. He must be like on some super gel or something. Like yeah. he doesn't buy that cheap stuff that we buy. But well, not me anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, he's. I don't know how he does it, man. He's gonna he's gonna sit there with some like Aquanet and just whatever. Hey, if 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 you've seen it move, I guess everything changes once you come to Boston. Okay? It ain't moving Utah. Yeah, man. It ain't moving Utah. Boston's just a different thing. <laughs> His hair moves. Kyrie is like he says the world, the earth is round again. And, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> life changes. Um, John, I'm I'm very excited to see Boston play this year. It's going to be heavy rotation on, on my NBA League Pass. Very interesting to see what they do in the Eastern Conference. I expect them in the Conference Finals. Could they make the NBA Finals? Hey, you know, you know, shit happens. So if they get there, congrats to you. Um, they're doing well. The Red Sox are in the playoffs. So a lot of things going well in Boston right now, man. Yeah. Hey, look, New York's got it's it's fun too. I mean, Aaron Judge hits the ball like six hundred feet. Yeah. So I mean, you got you got something to be excited about in New York. You know, that look. It's not to turn this into a baseball thing, but the Yankees did a lot better than people expected. So. You know, you can always count on the Yankees to give you a little something. If only Aaron Judge was a New York Knick, then we'll be good. We'll be <laughs> hey, good. look, baseball season's going to be over. You know, he's a big dude. Maybe he can go up there. But you don't need any more bigs. You just add him to the mix. What's he going to be, a power forward? <laughs> yeah, I think at least a three, at least a small forward. 
I say anybody that has any point guard skills, just show up at Madison Square Garden, dribble the ball a little bit, and maybe they'll sign you to a, like a 10-day or a two-way contract or something. Hey, man, real quick, ain't it ironic that <laughs> Boston is in Cleveland on opening night and oh. and New York is at Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. <laughs> Isn't that great? What? <laughs> that's so great. That is so great. Yeah, um, yeah man. It's, it's going to be so interesting. The NBA is just a fun league Crazy. to follow. And, and, like, everything, like, there's drama, there's pettiness. What about Russell Westbrook signing his extension on Kevin Durant's birthday? It's crazy. Like, the, the petty level is off the charts in this league. I can't wait to see what Kyrie does on opening night in Cleveland. Like, that's just, oh, it's going to be so great. Yeah, man, I can't wait. Um, John Corrales, RedsArmy.com. He's on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John, the host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. John, always a pleasure, man. You got it, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, man, take it easy.